A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you know someone who always seems to be picking a fight for no apparent reason? Are they just argumentative or is there something deeper going on? Today I'm teaching you the five main reasons people pick fights and the three things you can do to make the craziness stop. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, hello. I I think this is dropping in 2023. It might even be one of the first episodes of 2023. Holy cannoli. I don't know how my holidays were because I I record these earlier, Um, but hopefully yours were incredible and I'm sure I'll be chatting about mine in a future episode. Uh, 2023 is going to be really great because I'm going to start the membership in February and I'm really excited about that. Uh, it's a way for me to be closer to you, to get to know you better. There's, It's going to be one of those things where, um, you know, you're going to get to time like in the in live with me answering questions. And, um, you know, we always learn. Think about everything you learn on the podcast. This all comes from people's questions. Every topic, I don't think, it's very rare I come up with my own topic. It's pretty much because people have written in and they're asking the same thing over and over in different ways. And this is sort of the answer to it. Matter of fact, today's episode is no different. So in the in the uh, membership, Love Made Easy, 
we're going to be talking about just all the things and we're really going to start with boundaries and I'm going to go deep in teaching about boundaries. I'm going to do some teaches, all kinds of things. For those of you who don't want to join the membership, I will be recording and you can, you can pay separately for those. Um, gladly, I'm happy to do it. And, uh, but if you join the membership, it'll be included along with, um, extras. I always have so much extra for each podcast. <laughs> I really do. I have like journaling prompts. I got, I've just got all kinds of things that I don't include. Otherwise every episode would be 27 hours and that doesn't seem good. So it takes me a while to make these, um, you know, into something an hour or less. And that's always my goal. It, it's hard because I'm covering often very broad topics and I want to give you the good research and the background and the whys and the hows. And uh, I can't always, you know, there's stuff that gets on the cutting room floor. So this is stuff now that I'm going to be saving and putting into the membership. So I'm, I'm really excited. I just feel like it's like our, our natural next place in our relationship. And I'm, I'm excited for it. So, but you can st still get fabulous information here you, where you don't have to join anything. You don't have to pay a penny. You can just be here and I'm happy to have you here. That was always my goal of the podcast. And that's why if you've noticed, I haven't had any corporate membership uh, sponsorships. It's me sponsoring the podcast. I sell my books and my things, but you know, and you can buy those or not, and you can still get great information. So um, my goal is that every person in the world will have access to research-based tools that actually work because I use them in real life uh, to change your life and your relationships, whether or not you have a penny or to pay or not. So, and I will continue to do that for you uh, to the best of my ability for as long as I can. So here we are. Uh, welcome to 2023. And uh, yeah, I had, wow, and I, maybe it's because the holidays were approaching and people were spending more time, or maybe it's just, you know, I don't know the energy, but a lot of people were mentioning that they had friends who pick fights or every time they're with their brother, they're always picking a fight, you know, that there's people in their lives that always seem to just be going at, at them or, or that they notice it with just everybody. So, um, so let's get to it. So, and as you might imagine, there are many reasons people pick fights. Uh, of course, it's not so simple just to, you know, just say, oh, this broad brushstroke it. But in my experience, they boil down to five main reasons. And I want to be really clear that all of these are happening at a subconscious level, meaning the person doesn't realize that this is why they're doing it. They don't even realize they're picking fights. I'm sure you've, you're listening right now because you have someone in your life like this. And right now you're saying, oh yeah, I talked to them. I said something and they were like, what? I wasn't picking a fight. I was just uh, sharing my opinion or I was just whatever. And you're feeling, oh, am I crazy? <laughs> it seems like this is always happening. You're not crazy. Um, but so I do want to say that it's, I'd say the vast majority is happening at this sort of unconscious or subconscious level. So they don't realize they're doing it. And that's important in how you address it when we talk about how to address it later with my three tips. So the number one reason, the thing I see, actually, this isn't the number one. This is one of the five. Okay. They're not in any particular order. Let me say that. So I yeah. Okay. So the, the number one thing I'm going to talk about is self-sabotage. Many people are uncomfortable when things are going well. It makes them feel out of control. 
and like they're constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop and that makes them anxious. So again, unconsciously, they will pick a fight at work or with their best friend or their partner as a means of gaining control again. When they pick a fight and engage the other person on that level, they feel better because they feel like they're back in control of the relationship. They're no longer sort of waiting for the bad thing to happen. They've created it. They, it, it is, it's a self-sabotage. Um, when things are, this is also sometimes people who seem very, like they're, they're creating drama. You know, they're always creating drama. This is that same sort of idea where they, there's, again, this is like deep-rooted. People don't realize they're doing it generally. Uh, they don't have much self-awareness about it, but they are self-sabotaging. So work is going great. I just got a promotion. Oh, I hate this job. My boss hates me. They like make up problems, right? Or, and again, or they pick a fight with someone or something goes on. So, and then next thing you know, right, things have really fallen apart. Okay. Uh, the second reason I see a lot, it's, it's that it's all they know. And so in other words, this is what they saw growing up in their family. So they think this is how you show others you care. I always want to remind people that communication is a skill. Regulating your emotions is a skill. Listening is a skill. And you learned all these skills in that crazy house you grew up in, because we all grew up in a crazy house on some level, right? How you saw your parents or siblings relating to one another and to you is, is what you learned in all these areas. That's how you uh, figured it out, right? That's That's how it happened. So you you learn the skills you grow up you you know this is how it is and you just think this is the way it's supposed to be you really they just haven't learned another way to communicate i know it's the saddest thing to actually say out loud but it's really what happens um it's see so for some people the they see the fighting as like engage they're engaging it's like the only way they know to really engage someone and so they're actually looking to connect it's so sad but they're obviously doing the opposite okay the third reason and actually before i get to three let me just give a caveat there it can be another reason that people that i'm not listing here in these five and that is mental illness when there's different kinds of mental illness where picking a fight is something there's oppositional defiant disorder you know there, there's uh, there's different things um where people will pick fights as part of that kind of mental disorder but to me these pieces can be part of that so and and that's not someone having just a straight something like that like oppositional defiant disorder is very rare so I do want to say that though. I just have to give the, that little caveat out into the world. Okay, let's come back. Uh, the third reason I see a lot is that it's this self-fulfilling prophecy. And this is really related to the self-sabotage piece. It's like deep down, they really don't feel worthy of love or things going well. So they pick fights, right? So they pick a fight. The, and again, unconsciously, they don't realize that it's like, oh, things are going well, let me screw it up. That's not what's happening consciously in their brains, but it's what ends up coming out, right? So they pick fights, the other person rejects them in some way, right? Gets angry at them, doesn't want to talk to them, you know, especially if they're picking fights over and over, the other person's like, I don't want to be in a relationship with you anymore. 
And then the other person rejects them and they say to themselves, I knew it. I knew it. When things get a little tough, they're not there for me, or I knew they wouldn't do whatever. You know, they're they're kind of testing people again in creating this self-fulfilling prophecy of being abandoned or rejected. It is not uncommon for people to sort of test, you know, to put it out there like, um, do you really love me? What if I do this? Do you really like me? What if I do that? It's this way of, of doing it. All of these, of course, as I'm listing them, are, are people trying to protect themselves. That's all. Anyone is picking fights over and over. They're trying to protect themselves. And these are the ways they're doing it. These are like their defense mechanisms. Picking fights is, is a defense mechanism when you're always doing that. I've said before, you know, whatever we do over and over, it, whatever that reaction is, if, if unless we have many, you know, if, if someone occasionally picks a fight with someone, you know, it, it, that's obviously very different than someone where that's kind of their modus operandi, right? That's a very different thing. So I want you to keep that, I, anyway, so I just want you to keep that in mind as we talk. All right. Reason number four is they're uncomfortable with closeness. And this is, again, all of these are kind of related to each other and all, and you could have certainly more than one of these together, right? You know, it's, you're feeling uncomfortable with closeness, so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and you're rejecting people before they reject you, right? It's all that. But basically, anyone who's picking fights all the time, again, for no apparent reason, practically, it's, again, although they're good reasons to them, they're uncomfortable with closeness and emotional intimacy. And because the proof's in the pudding, right? It's a perfect way to keep others at bay and keep themselves safe. If uh, right? Think about it. It's brilliant, actually. If I'm always picking a fight with you, then you don't feel safe to share with me. You're going to not be vulnerable for sure because I, you can't trust me. If I'm always picking fights, you can't trust me to uh, hold that vulnerability and to hold the safe space for you. So I'm creating this emotional distance all the time. And sometimes that's even what happens. You'll be getting along really well with this person and things are going super great. And all of a sudden they start fighting with you and you're like, what happened? I don't understand. We were doing so well. It's because you were doing well. It's they got uncomfortable with how well things were going. This and that emo again, that emotional closeness, what's next? And they don't want to do it. So they put up their guard and their defense mechanism, their armor is to pick a fight. That's what they know works. It pushes you away very assuredly. They can count on it. It keeps them again, safe. Even if the thing that they're fighting about is the fact that you're not sharing more, <laughs> you're like, well, I would share more if you weren't, you know, always fighting with me. They, they don't see it that way. So again, you often can feel like kind of the crazy person in this because you feel like you're, <laughs> you're, they're, they're upset about the very thing that they're doing. Yeah. Okay. And then the last reason that I see a lot is, is it's old. And let me, let me say what I mean by that. There, so there's a difference between someone who picks fights with everyone versus someone who just seems to pick fights with like kind of one person in particular, right? If someone picks fights consistently with their partner, but no one else, or with their mom, but no one else, that's different, right? That speaks to old feelings, to past resentments, um, to hurts that haven't been resolved. 
all those feelings are swimming around, but they likely, right, they don't realize it. They're just in a bad state of mind when they interact with this particular person. They're, they're looking to hurt them as they've been hurt. Sadly, that comes up a lot. I know that, you know, anyone, if you've been listening a long time to me, um, you know that I talked about my mom before, you know, she's, she's dead now, but, um, we had a, a very contentious relationship for years until I did the work I needed to do to kind of make that better. Um, she, she was a narcissist. She really like a true one, like a diagnosable one. And so I often had a lot of trouble, you know, uh, being open or relating to her, right. As you might imagine. <laughs> um, and so I often found that I would, um, I would kind of pick fight. I don't know if I'd pick fights with her, but I was quick to fight with her. Let me put it that way. I was very quick to fight. I was very quick to see anything she said, like immediately in a, in a bad light. And I'm, cause I know because other people around me, sometimes my husband at the time or, you know, other people would say to me, God, like, you know, I don't think she meant what you think she meant. I remember my in-laws used to say that a lot. And I was like, yes, she does. I know what she means. You know, I, and I'm sure I wasn't right a hundred percent of the time, right? We're never right a hundred percent of the time. So I'm sure there were many times when my mom was saying something true, like lovely or nice or appreciative or kind, but I took everything through that other kind of lens with her. So I had, you know, just with her specifically, I was very triggered by her and I had a lot of problems, again, based on past hurt with her, right? Feeling really rejected by her, not feeling loved in the way I wanted, you know, um, she would compete with me, just feeling icky in a lot of ways in our relationship. I felt resentful and angry and hurt. And that would come out a lot in our interactions, <laughs> even though, you know, I'm a psychologist, so I don't do that. Uh, you know, even though I would kind of pretend or, or be able to talk in a way that it didn't seem like that. Um, I was, I was very good myself at, at getting around these conversations in ways and making her probably look even worse than she was sometimes. Uh, you know, it's just, and I got to own that and that's what it is. And you know, it's, but it's what happens sometimes. So again, I'm not sure if I picked fights with her, but, but you know, this person who maybe is picking fights all the time with, with someone, with their brother, with, and it's because really of old resentments, it's some old thing that they're still feeling. And they are just always on edge with this person, which is creating a lot of that. So that is a little different than someone who just picks fights with everybody and has that sort of personality, it seems. Um, they, they are two slightly different things, right? Okay. So those are the top five reasons that I see. And again, I threw in that there could be mental illness that's very severe that's creating this, or it could also be not even so severe. You know, depression, uh, angry outbursts are one of the symptoms of depression. So I would say this, if you're with someone, you know, especially if something changed over time, if they used to not be this way and now they're this way, I would wonder about that. Is there, are they depressed? Is there something else going on? Um, I think I see anger with depression more than anything, frankly, as one of the symptoms. Uh, and it's often when people have sort of, they weren't always that way, or maybe they were always that way because they've always been depressed and it's gone undiagnosed. Uh, it's something to think about. It doesn't mean you can't fix it. You can't make them go do anything. But I have, you know, dealt with depressed people before and since, and just said to them, you know, anger or angry outbursts are a symptom of depression. 
and just let that sit there. Just let that, not saying I think they have it, not saying they should go get help. I mean, with clients, I, I would probably, but not, you know, with the friends or people in my life um, in the same way. I would just sort of leave it there and just see what they, if they ask questions or maybe I would ask more questions or something like that. So I, I do want to say that I think I didn't, as I was preparing today, I didn't think enough about um, mental illness being a possible reason why. Okay, so let's get to our tips. So I have three tips for dealing with people who, who seem to pick fights, again, for no apparent reason, who seem very argumentative all the time. And my first one, my first tip is to have compassionate boundaries. And what do I mean by that? I want you to be very clear that someone who is continually picking fights, especially when it seems for no reason, they have low self-esteem. They do. They have feelings of unworthiness, feelings of unlovability. They, uh, they're lonely. They're scared. They're, they're, that's what all this is. I know they don't present this way. I know they can present very differently. And that's the thing you got to get that they don't get. Just like, you know how like a bully will seem really tough on the outside, but obviously people that bully other people that feel the need to do that, they don't feel good about themselves. There is no bully in the world. There's no bully in the world. Now that truly down deep feels good about themselves. They were rejected by their mama. They were, trust me, they got daddy issues, mommy issues. They got something because no one is grows up or in a safe, beautiful, attached, secure environment and feels any need to put anyone else down never happens ever, ever, ever just doesn't. It's just not part of why you would do that because it comes from insecurity. Why would I need to bully you? Why would I need to put you down unless I, I feel threatened? Well, if I'm secure and happy and fabulous, I'm not going to feel threatened by anything. Get it? Yeah. And that's the same for anything. If someone is, uh, you know, hating on gay people, they are insecure. They, that's what that is. And I, I'm not saying I like it. I, I want to get mad at them too. And I do, <laughs> but I know what it's from there. You know, whenever people are so defensive like that, you know, you can tell it's like, oh, you sweet thing. My God, these like, why on earth would you care who's having sex with who, as long as no children are involved, my Lord. Um, you know, but uh, that's what happens. People are just so kind of lost in themselves and so lost in who they are as a person. So it's really, it's sad. And I would hope, again, I know it's hard <laughs> because on the, they're driving you crazy. <laughs> I get it. But again, if you can do your best to remember that line, I always say that they're doing the best with the tools they have and they just have really crappy, shitty screwed up tools a lot can happen in three years like a chat bot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You can find compassion for them. 
right? It's finding this compassion and it is really a, a tool to make it stop. It is because as you see them for who they truly are, you know, scared, without tools, lonely, you can find it in your heart to be as kind as possible, right? Now, this doesn't mean you need to hang around for their craziness. That's, this, is the, this is the compassionate boundaries, but it does give you some perspective and calm for your side of the street, right? That's what I really want. So one of the things I often recommend, by the way, is to um, practice a loving kindness meditation. I, I have a free one on YouTube. If you want that one, there's a million of them. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes and on my blog, you know, but you also can just search on YouTube, loving kindness meditation, Abby Metcalf, and you will hear my melodious, magical voice um, doing the loving kindness meditation. And, you know, it can be really helpful to stick that person in it so you can find that loving compassion for them. It, and again, drawing boundaries from that loving place is always our best next right action. We don't want to draw boundaries. If someone is picking a fight or doing that, we don't want to, you know, well, screw you and, you know, block them and cut them off and yell back. I mean, that's, that's a wall, not a boundary. Uh, remember, I've talked a lot about this with boundaries. Your boundaries should not change depending on about how other people act. So whether someone is mean to me or kind to me, I am not, I'm kind back. Okay. I now kindness might be different for the person who's mean to me. It might be leaving the room or something else, but I, I'm never yelling at people. It just doesn't happen. So even if they're shitty and they're yelling at me, which has happened or whatever, I don't, I'm not, that's cause that's my boundary is I don't yell at people. I don't find it helpful. I don't find it useful. Um, I'm never, <laughs> I have yelled at my child when they were little to not cross the street or something. Let's get real. But you know what I'm saying? Like in general, I'm not going to call someone names. I'm not, I just don't do that. So, uh, and I, and I have had to walk away. I have certainly said a snarky comment or two, but I don't really generally, I think lose my, you know what, that would take a very extreme thing. It's not something that happens maybe once a year twice a year, you know, it's not something common. Obviously there's an, something that could happen that would make me lose it, but it's not a, a normal thing. So my, for me, the boundary is if someone is, you know, if I'm checking out of a grocery store and the person is rude to me, my, my boundary isn't, you know, I, I'm not like, Oh, what are you doing? How dare you? You know, I don't say anything. Usually I just, I'm like taking my stuff and going. And I actually do try. I'm like, they must be having a really crappy day. Thank God I'm not them. Thank God I'm not having such a crappy day. I'm going to send them a little love if I can, and but I'm going to get out of their space. I'm not going to try to make things better for them. I'm not going to trip over myself to, you know, be con be nice. Like, oh, what can I get you? Do you need anything? You know, I'm just going to get out of the way and send them some good loving energy. That's what I'm going to do. So you're, you know, but again, the it's a loving boundary. It's from a loving place as best I can. There are times when I've wished someone's death, which isn't kind. Uh, it's, and I say that jokingly, I don't really ever wish anyone's death. Um, that's not true. I might've wished it for a past president of our United States, um, but it's not common for me. And even then I don't stay in that much and I get out. So I draw the boundaries from a loving place and I want you to do that too. It is always, again, your next 
best right action. And you can tell the person, again, that you'll leave the conversation if they continue to treat you a certain way, or you know, you can draw boundaries with how often you'll see them or when you'll see this person who's always picking fights. You can do all kinds of things. Boundaries are important. You need to keep your standards intact regarding how you allow others to treat you, but they should always, always come from a compassionate, loving heart. Again, that's where the difference between a boundary and a wall. If you feel so triggered by someone that you only can create a wall, then, then I have compassion for you and that's what you're doing. I would, um, I just want you to get to a place where that's not the thing because it holds us. It, we end up in tension with this person and we're feeling defensive and defended and it's not a good place to be. So I don't want you there. So as best you can, and that's when you practice the loving kindness and you keep doing that, you keep trying that and you just, you know, stay on that, on that run, you know, stay in that lane. Um, as best as best you can. So that's, if someone's picking fights a lot, draw boundaries to them, let them know what you will and will not accept with, again, with love and try to be as compassionate as you can for who they really are. I gave you those five reasons why people are probably having poor boundaries with you. And even if we throw in the mental health one, all of them, I would think, deserve some compassion. And that's why I gave you the reasons why they do it, so that you could find some compassion in your heart. Because on the outside, they just look like assholes. <laughs> they really do. They just seem annoying. And so it's easy to forget people's humanity in that. And it's easy to forget your own humanity in that. And I never, ever want you to do that. You're good. I don't want you walking away feeling worse. That's not ever, ever what we're doing together. Okay, so that's number one. Draw compassionate boundaries. The second thing you can do is what I call stop and feel. You, you know, here, here in California, they have um, earthquakes all the time. And there's like stop and roll or something or <laughs> stop, look and roll. I don't know. Uh, this is stop and feel. So when someone picks a fight with you or if you're watching it, you but with you, you want to stop the conversation and say what you're feeling. And then I want you to ask how they're feeling. And it is a game changer. So you might say, um, I do this a lot, actually. I, I, don't know, I don't think I have to say you might say. I, I end up doing a lot with, in, in, at, in work environments, right? Uh, so if I'm working with an executive or, and I'm thinking of a gentleman I'm working with right now, uh, I'm working with uh, an executive and um, in the beginning of our relationship, you know, he was not thrilled that I was to be working with me because the his board of directors were the ones who said that I, he had to see me. <laughs> he called me crazy. He didn't like that. And so in the beginning, there was, he was trying to act like it was okay and he was cool with it. And he um, uh, had a drug and alcohol problem. And he was, you know, try, he was just trying real hard to not engage with me. And so I, I would just say, I would just stop. I'd say, you know, and he would pick fights with me. That's what he would do. He would sort of like be a devil's advocate. You love when people say, oh, I'm just being a devil's advocate. Yeah, you're, you're picking a fight. Um, it's, you're defending, you're, you're picking. There's, I ask people questions all the time and I don't feel like a devil's advocate. That's, that's, think of that term. I'm the devil's advocate. <laughs> it's right away. We know we're on shaky ground. And I said to him, you know, I know you say that, but I feel a lot of tension. Uh, like right now I'm feeling a lot of tension and I feel like you're mad at me. Um, is that true? <laughs> and 
he was like, what? I'm not mad. He said, I'm not mad at you at all. You're, you know, that's, that's you. And I said, oh, you're right. I shouldn't say how you feel. I said, I feel a lot of tension though. What do you feel? That's what I did. And he said, and he could not go there with me. He was so uncomfortable. He, you know, I, well, I, and he kept doing what you'll probably have happened, which is he told me, I, I just feel like I'm a, I should be able to ask questions without you getting defensive. That's what he said to me. <laughs> and I, and you know, it was so good because he said it in this way and he was so angry as he was saying it. And I was, it, so it was so obvious what was going on. And I was really able to just drop all my own defenses and really be there with him. And I just sat and I thought, oh boy. And I said, you know, I, I said, hey, I, that's a thought, not a feeling. I'd like to know how you're feeling right now with me in the room. And again, he got very blustery and was telling me thoughts again. I, well, you know, we're supposed to be doing work here and I don't feel like much work is getting done. You know, what, what are the goals for today? You know, he's, again, he was like just all over the place without a feeling. And I kept bringing him back. I kept bringing him back. And finally he said to me, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And I said, okay. I said, why don't we end, end our session today? And he said, yes. And he, <laughs> he ended, <laughs> he, he clicked off that Zoom very quickly. Um, and then over time, we've been together a few months now. And over time, I just, we just sort of kept like, so, but when he came back, actually, it wasn't the very next session. It was a session after that. It took him a couple. He said, I guess I do feel defensive with you. I do feel angry that I'm being forced to speak to you. Like he was finally able, do you know what I mean? So what happens when you ask someone to stop and you say how you're feeling and then ask how they're feeling, what starts to happen is they can't avoid anymore. It's the elephant in the room that they're picking a fight. So, right, you know, I was just trying to get my point across or something, you know, it, it's, it's like, no, you aren't, you know, uh, uh, it, it really lets you get to another place. The key is not to let them hijack the conversation. You know, pick, again, picking fights is largely unconscious. They don't realize they're doing it. So when you bring them to the present moment and ask them again to name a feeling, no matter what else, it de-escalates what's happening immediately. And that is what happened with this guy. He he just he got frustrated and he ended up just leaving the conversation the first time, and. Uh, but at least we weren't arguing and at least I named it. So the next, now I've made a boundary, right? I've made a boundary. I'm going to say the truth when I feel something with you. I'm not going to ignore this like a lot of people do. I'm going to like roll up my sleeves and come into the lion's den with you because I want to build this relationship and we're going to build it and I'm just going to keep going. And that sends a signal. It's not conscious. Nobody really understands, you know, but that is what gets picked up. So then I remember that the next time we spoke, I actually, I don't remember that conversation a lot. I remember it was fine. There wasn't a lot of movement, but again, that next conversation after that, we got a lot of movement. And from there, now we do great work together. He's amazing. I adore him. He's doing such good work. And, but we had to like get through this thing where he was sort of at me um, because, you know, we couldn't get anywhere from there, but I was honest and I was clear. And again, it does, it's just like if a bully is bullying or something, or I've, I've been in meetings with people and I've said, wow, it feels like you're really angry with me. And, and even that, even when the person denies it and says, I'm not angry with you, <laughs> I was like, okay, oh, my bad. Is, can I ask what you are feeling then? 
and you go there. And even if they don't name anything or they say everything's fine, what happens is they stop acting the way they were acting. Because if they do do it again, I just go right back there. I'm like, wow, it feels like you're picking a fight. I, again, are you angry with me? I'm going to check again because it feels angry in the room. And when you name things like that, bullies or people are picking fights, unconscious behavior, oh my gosh, they get called to the table. Again, you are naming the elephant in the room and suddenly people, they are a little more conscious of how they're acting. They're getting called on it in a loving, nice, kind, clear way. And that's where connection happens. And remember, what do I always say? We connect with feelings, not thoughts. And so someone is trying to connect when they're picking a fight, they're just doing a piss poor job of it, right? It, I know it doesn't look that way, but they are. And so again, even if they walk out of the room that first time, you know, you know, I don't wanna have this conversation anymore. If you do this often enough, it will absolutely change the dynamics of how the two of you interact and that's where you're trying to go, right? What do I always say? Do you wanna be correct or effective? Do you want to be correct or effective? You have a choice. You'd be correct all day long that they shouldn't be treating you this way. But is it effective what you're doing? And drawing compassionate boundaries and stopping and naming the feeling and asking them theirs is such a great way to bring people, again, from that unconscious thing they're doing to conscious in the moment. And by the way, I have had over the years many people, oh, my nose is so itchy, sorry. I have had many people over the years who would stop and, and literally say, oh, you know, I didn't realize, I guess I am angry. Like they'll notice it. If you, again, do it enough and do it kindly enough so they don't feel like they have to be on the defensive, be curious, be open, wonder. It's, but it's about getting out of that I'm right and you're wrong thing and, and working on being effective, okay. And the third thing that really works when someone is uh, seems to always pick a fight um, is to name it, okay, to name it. So, and this is a little different, and let me just, from what we just said, and that, so if the person, let, so, and this is a different kind of person. So if the person who picks fights always seems to pick them only with you, it's time to say something directly and from love. You know, hey, can I speak to you about something? Um, I've noticed a pattern in our relationship. I feel sad and frustrated when we argue. It feels as though you're picking fights with me. Uh, I understand, you know, it might not feel that way to you. I can only tell you my experience, right? Um, for me, it makes me feel disconnected and distrusting when our conversations take these turns and I want us to create a new way, you know, to communicate. Uh, it really, you're just like right there with it. Do you know what I'm saying? You're just right there. One of the uh, great tools that's good to use is the I feel formula. And actually, you know what? I'm going to link to that on the website. Um, I'll link to it on the show notes page of this podcast episode, and I'll link to it in the blog, in the uh, Relationship Tips and Tools uh, corresponding blog post. There's a I feel formula that's like, I call it the 100% success formula. It's very good. And you say, I feel when you and I need. So it would be, I feel, and you say your feelings, sad, anxious, scared. Uh, when you speak to me in that tone, or when you, don't say when you pick a fight with me, because you that's going to really get them defensive. But when you um, talk to me um, or when you rebut everything I say, you know, give a, give a very specific. 
and I need, and whatever you need, and I need for us to take a breath and start again. And I need uh, to know if you can say that to me differently. And I need, you know, whatever it is you need. And the I feel formula works very, very well. And the other person will often try to pull you from it. <laughs> well, I was just trying to say how I feel. I don't know why you're, you know, and you just stick to it. Go, I'm just telling you that I feel sad and frustrated when you raise your voice like you just did. And I need for us to feel calm and loving in this exchange, right? Something like that, or calm and, and whatever in this exchange. So, and then you can ask things like, you know, what do you think we could do to shift things into a more effective way to communicate? I don't, or, and you can just say that, you name it. Do you feel like we're communicating well right now? They're going to say no, that they'll well, no, you know, it's like, well, what do you think we could do to shift this to a more effective way to communicate? How can we do this better? Right. As you, again, name it, be very direct right there, but you don't want to be attacking. You don't want to be critical, criticize them. You know, you always do this. You never do that. You're, you're picking fights. You're, you know, you don't want to label them. You don't want to diagnose. All you want to do is say what's real in the room right now. That's it. And again, what it does is it takes things from the unconscious to the conscious. It takes people off of the autopilot and puts them into deliberate creation with you. I want to remind you always that you co-create 100% of the relationships you're in. You co-create them, which is great because it means you have control and power and all those good things to shift. You, you should feel empowered to shift the relationships to, towards more of what you want. And I will tell you, it's really okay if you feel there's someone who always picks fights and they're not necessarily that important to you, you're allowed to just not talk to them anymore. <laughs> you're allowed to pull yourself out. It's okay. I don't love doing that when it's someone who's really important. I, I really want you to work on your boundaries. And again, uh, we're going to do all kinds of boundary work in February in the Love Made Easy membership, but you also, there's tons of boundary uh, episodes that I've already done on the podcast that you, that are free. You can listen to. It's very important. You know, if you feel guilt or regret when you set boundaries, if you don't know how to set boundaries, all of that is here on the podcast. If you just do some hunting on with the search bar on my website and it's really important to start feeling good about drawing boundaries for what you need. And when you practice that, you're going to find that the people around you start to change, right? They do. They start to react differently to you because you're reacting differently to them. It's how that works, right? So when you draw those boundaries and you get really clear and you're loving and you're compassionate and you say what's real, that's a boundary right there just to say what's real, to say what's right in front of you, to not like lie anymore or omit anymore or skirt around or be quiet to really say the things, you will feel empowered. You will feel badass. You might feel uncomfortable for a little while until you get good at this, but eventually you will. And I have complete faith in you. I'm telling you, you can do this and I'm telling you, it will change your life for the better. Absolutely. Positively. Think of these people who are here, uh, picking fights as, as, little teachers in your world. These are, you can learn from these relationships. You can get better at being a, a, commu a better communicator yourself and to have better boundaries for yourself. They are here. They are, they are here. They are happening for you, not to you. So if you can think of it through that lens, you can really shift and change what they mean to you and the work you need to do around it. Okay. That's it. 
I am very happy that you hung out with me today. Welcome to 2023. I love you. I adore you. I'm so excited you're here with me for this next year. There's so many exciting things coming and uh, I can't wait to do it together. All right. Have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.